Pastor Chukso Goye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church, Johannesburg. Pastor Chuks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye. Hi, welcome to a beautiful Monday evening to our online masterclass Understanding the Goodness of God. Tonight is episode number 84 episode number 84 we we are going to be sharing some very powerful things tonight our uh, subtitle for tonight is lies block the flow of the goodness of god lies block the flow of the goodness of god do you know that lack is nothing but our inability to receive and manifest the supply that is there and that inability is caused by a lie that somebody has believed sickness is nothing but our inability to receive and manifest wellness wholeness that jesus has provided lies is what is causing that inability we want to explore these thoughts tonight in our message i want you to come with me as we explore this thought and trust god for understanding to pour and pour mightily tonight we get ready for revelation i'll be back in a short one now I'm, I'm reading exodus 14 from verse 1 now the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel that they turn and camp before pihahirot between Migdal and the sea opposite bows upon you shall camp before it by the sea for pharaoh will say of the children of israel they are bewildered by the land the wilderness has closed them in. That's what Pharaoh will say. In other words, they are trapped. Pharaoh will say that. They're in a difficulty. They're in an impossible situation. I got them where I want them so I can finish them. Verse 4. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh. God will always want to gain honor over the enemy. I'll gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. That the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 5. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was stunned against the people. And they said... Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot, took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh the king of Egypt and he pursued the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with boldness. I want you to underline that. The children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his first men, 
and his army and overtook them camping by the sea beside Piharot before Baal-zephon. Verse 10. So when, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid. Their boldness has melted away and fear is now gripping them. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there, was no, there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I want to say to somebody this morning who is in a difficult place, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord and see the salvation of the Lord and see the healing of the Lord and see the provision of the Lord. I thought I was going to get an amen in the house. To see the hand of the Lord come on your behalf to get you out of a difficult corner. Which he will accomplish for you today. 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 Oh, you're not, you're not here with me. Today. Which he will accomplish for you today. I, I hear God saying today. Oh, I hear God saying today. I hear God saying today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see them no more forever. Today, the Egyptians you saw, you're going to look for them tomorrow, you will not see them again. Not only that you will not see them again tomorrow, you will not see them again forever. Can I get a big amen in the house? The, the Lord will fight for you. Ooh. And you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. I came with a word for somebody who is in a difficult situation. I came with a word for somebody who is in a difficult place where you are wondering how is it going to turn out. Maybe they have told you that there is nothing that can be done for you. Maybe they have told you that the situation is so bad that there is nothing that can be done. It could have been by the doctor. It could have been by the lawyers. It could have been by the realtor. It could have been by anybody. It could have been by the divorce, divorce attorneys. And they say nothing can be done. This is a bad situation. Well, I came this morning with a very powerful prophetic word from the throne of God. God is saying, the Egyptians that have been chasing after you, today you will see them again, no more, forever. Not, not for some time, forever. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is about to finish the fight for you. Help me tell your neighbor, the Lord is about to finish that fight. He's about to finish it. This, this fight is not your fight. This fight is not your fight. It's the fight that comes the Lord is the one doing the fighting. And he said, you will hold your peace. And he will finish these Egyptians for you. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Why are you crying? Stop crying. 
tell the children of Israel to go forward. Verse 16. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I came to tell somebody this morning. I don't care what it is that has been holding and stopping you. A way is about to be made where there seems to be no way. Oh yes, I said a way is about to be made where there seems to be no way. Can I get a big amen in the house? Verse 17, and indeed I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow you. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army and his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Here is the reading of God's word for this morning. Honor, help us understand something. Let's go to the book of Genesis. You're not going to open it anywhere. Just listen. God put Adam and his wife, Eve, in the garden. God's plan for both of them was to rule over the garden, master that garden, and then take that garden and fill the earth with it. The instructions was replenish the earth. So they were supposed to replicate what you see in Genesis chapter 2. And fill everywhere including Randberg and Honeydew. Can I get an amen? Fill the whole earth with the beauty, the opulence. That's the word. And Adam had been in this place where he had enjoyed a deep relationship with Almighty God, the creator of the universe. This relationship was so beautiful, God came daily to hang out with them. God came daily to teach them. God came daily to fellowship with them. God came just to hang with them. I don't know how many hours it was, but the Bible said, God looked forward to it. He showed up every day to just spend time with these two people he made in his image and his likeness. What was God's intention in the garden? God was wanting them to know him. To know him in a progressive, developing way. Because God is infinite, you can't finish knowing him. So this relationship with Adam was supposed to be forever. And it was supposed to be a relationship of continuous unveiling of the true heart of God. So they could know who he was. And understand how he thinks. And understand his nature. And by knowing him, they become like him. In, in increasing unfolding measure. Amen? Now, in the Bible... The Bible tells us that they were made in the image of God and in his likeness. So what was supposed to happen was that God was like a mirror in front of them. And they were seeing themselves for who they really are. So as they related with God, they understood them. You, you get it? So they were supposed to get to know God so that they know who they are and what they carried. So that relationship was 
for the unveiling of the goodness of God. Amen. That relationship was for the unveiling of the goodness of God. It's important that you note what I just said. God wanted them to know him for who he really is. To know his heart, to know his kindness, to know his love, to know his tenderness, to know his fatherly care. He wanted the garden to be a place where he displayed his fatherhood. His capacity to love, to nurture, to make room, to provide. Remember, he put everything in the garden before he put them. So everything they needed was there. What a father. And he all just wanted them to do was just enjoy and enjoy and enjoy him and enjoy what he created. So the garden was perfect. There was no violence. There was no death. There was no suffering. There was no pain. The garden was a place, a place of bliss, opulence. You know, there was gold everywhere. There was precious stones everywhere. The Bible speaks about four rivers that watered the garden. The whole place was beautiful. All the animals and all the flowers and plants, everything was just beautiful. As long as Adam and his wife believed what they were seeing about God daily, they continued to enjoy a beautiful world. I want you to note that statement I just made. As long as they kept relationship with God going and they appreciated God for who he was, they had that beautiful garden. But somebody was jealous. There was a creature that was cast down from heaven. His name is Lucifer. And Lucifer was very jealous of this relationship. And he wanted to control the garden and the rest of the earth. He wanted it. And he realized that the only way to take over the planet, in fact the universe, was to get this man and his wife to doubt the heart of this God that came to see them daily. The moment they had a wrong perception of God. They were going to lose everything. So Satan came and lied to them. He started with a woman. And lied to her. And suggested to her. That God was not good. That some things God was keeping away from them. That God was shortchanging them. That God was denying them. That God was not absolutely as good as he painted himself to be to them. Unfortunately, Eve believed what the enemy said. How do I know that she believed? Because she acted on the lie. You will only act on a lie that you believed. Hello? You will only act on a lie that you believed. The proof that you believed it is your action. If someone is trying to deceive you and to sell you a glass of water for 20,000 rand, the proof that you believed the lie is that you parted with the 20,000 rand and took the glass of water to drink. 
That's the proof that you believed him. As long as you haven't released the money and, and collected the glass, you didn't believe. The proof that you believe the lie that this water in this glass is 20,000 rand is that you actually released your money and collected the glass. Then you have your action proof that you believed that there's something in that glass that is worth more than 20,000. So you're willing to pass 20,000. So, if believed and ate and then she passed that fruit to her husband who also ate, meaning he believed. Meaning he believed. So they believed a lie about God. I need you to get that. They believed a lie about the goodness of God. They believed that God was not good. So the fall of man is nothing but man believing a lie about the goodness of God. So the whole of humanity fell the moment they believed a lie about the true nature of God. So, the earth got broken. Everything fell apart. Animals started eating one another. They started even attacking the man who was supposed to be their lord and their master. The earth got broken because Adam's view of God got twisted and perverted. Because a lie was sown in the heart of man by Satan about the nature of God. So, we have brokenness in the world today. We have all kinds of problems in the world today. And it comes from this. Man believed a lie about the true nature of God. Can I suggest to us this morning that the earth will heal the moment we correct our perception of God. Oh, you didn't get me. The world will be healed of all the ills and the illnesses and the sickness and the wickedness and the injustice the moment we correct our perception of the true nature of God. The reason why I'm sitting on this series now this will be the fifth month I'm sitting teaching about the goodness of God. Because God spoke to me clearly second half of last year and said to me, he is wanting to bring forth a revival of the goodness of his heart. He wants his people to see how good he is. He wants the world to see how good he is. We have misrepresented him. Satan has done an awful job to paint God bad and evil right from the garden. He has messed up the theology of a lot of churches and a lot of pastors that we still see God with suspicion. There's such mistrust in our hearts for God. For many of us, we don't trust God and it comes from Adam. The experiences of our lives have reinforced that mistrust of God because we don't know how good he is. 
Can I say to you this morning that your life is broken? Hear me. What I'm about to say is, is absolute revelatory truth. Your life is broken to the extent to which you have believed a lie about the goodness of God. The corollary to that truth is that your life will start mending and healing. The moment the image of God that you carry in your subconscious mind begins to change. So the more you see God for how good he is, your world begins to heal. Your finances begin to heal. Your body begins to heal. Things that are broken in your life, in your marriage, in your circumstances begin to heal as you begin to see God for who he is. God said to me, he is tired of being misrepresented. There is a generation of people that he's raising out of this house and out of this ministry who are going to demonstrate his goodness and cause men to change their mind about who God is. Can I get an amen? So the earth is still broken because mankind does not know the true heart of the Father God. The more you realize how good God is, that goodness begins to overflow into every area of your life. Your health shifts just by shifting what you believe. Oh, hear what I'm saying this morning. Just by shifting what you believe about the goodness of God, you watch your body transform. Your finances change. Everything about you changes the moment you understand how awesomely good your father is. And he wants us to see how good he is. Somebody say, my God is good. Adversities, hardships, difficulties, impossibilities are all the consequence of the lie that Adam believed that created the fall. All adversities, all problems, all challenges is as a result of that lie that Adam believed. Because before the lie, nothing was broken. Everything was working. There was shalom in the garden. There was just beautiful relationship. The man and his wife were not fighting. The, you know, the, everything was wonderful until he believed that lie about the nature of God. So all problems come as a result of believing a lie about the nature of God. Can I suggest to you this morning that even though adversities, problems, challenges all come because of the lie we have believed. And guess what? All of us. In fact, we were conceived in sin. The Bible tells us. None of us was born righteous. Hallelujah. We were born fallen. What it means is that we were infused subconsciously from our mother's womb when we were conceived there with a bad image of God. With a lie about God. So that lie has entered here, has entered into our DNA and is being passed on to our children. So children are born suspicious. Right or wrong? They are born suspicious. They see a stranger, they are suspicious. Where did they get it from? They suspect, they see a stranger, they say, ah, Where did the child get that from? Because there is something corrupt deep inside. And that's all of us. But God is working on us to take out that corruption. You see, when we got born again, our spirit got saved. 
a pure image of God was stamped in our spirit. But the problem is our mind, our soul was not born again the same day. Our soul, our mind is transforming in a gradual, progressive manner to change the picture we have of God so that it will match our spirit so that our world will match what we have in our spirit. Are you here? So, so God wants his goodness to go from your spirit to your soul, from your soul to your body, from your body to your world, and everything around you begin to look like the garden. Hallelujah. So, adversities, hardships, difficulties are not supposed to break us. They are not supposed to break us. They are nothing but opportunities for God to break records through us to showcase his goodness. So even though the enemy succeeded in causing Adam and his wife to pick up a lie about the true heart of God towards them, God was not overwhelmed by it. Because, because of who God is and the absolute goodness of God, he knew that I can sort this out. I can sort this out. And right from that moment that he realized that they had fallen, his goodness kicked in. The Bible said God had to kill an animal to take the skin and skin the animal and made a, a, a garment of, of, of animal skin to cover Adam and his wife who were naked, who had covered themselves with fig leaves. Because God knew fig leaves are going to die in a few hours. And these guys are going to be very, very cold. So God had to make a plan. Can you see? Yet, they are the ones who offended God. They are the ones who doubted him. But here, the goodness of God again. Reaching out to them. The Bible said they were hiding from God. God was looking for them while they were hiding from him. God was not angry. He was looking for them to show them mercy. To show them his kindness. He, while they didn't deserve it, he went out of his way to make a plan to restore them. That's his good heart. Hallelujah. That's his good heart. So every time we find ourselves in a situation of difficulty or hardship, please, I want you to understand what it is. These situations are not supposed to break you and shatter you. Right? What they're supposed to be, there are opportunities for you to experience the goodness of God towards you. So God wants to step into that mess and show you his goodness. I don't care how bad the mess is. I might preach it to somebody this morning. I don't care how bad the mess is. God wants to show up in that mess and cause you to see his goodness. And the more you see his goodness and accept his goodness and internalize his goodness, you are... You, 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 you begin to take the authority to begin to shift things around that mess. Hallelujah. So a wrong perception of the true nature of God is what causes us to see adversities, to see challenges, to see impossibilities inaccurately. And this causes us to empower those adversities to hurt us. What I just said right now is so deep. You need to write it down and go home and meditate on what I just said. 
is our wrong perception of the true nature of God that empowers the difficulties that we, are, we encounter. Remember, some difficulties are not coming to you because of what you did. Some difficulties are coming to you because we are living in a broken world. In John chapter 9, a, a man who was born blind was presented to Jesus by his disciples and, and they asked Jesus a question. They said, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born like this? Jesus says, none of them. Neither the man nor, this, nor his parents. That's not why this guy is. This guy was born blind so that the goodness of God can be revealed in his life. Meaning, it was a congenital condition and he was born that way because we are living in a broken world. But what God is saying, because we are living in a broken world, there is an opportunity to manifest my goodness in that situation. So I'm saying to you this morning, whatever it is that you have endured, whatever pain, whatever difficulty, whatever challenge, whatever injustice you have endured, is nothing but an opportunity for the goodness of God to be demonstrated to you. We're living in a world where people do bad things. People do wicked things. People do mean things. We were just talking earlier on about somebody who took out a gun, shot, and then shot himself. People do bad and wicked things. But I want you to understand this. Every circumstance, every situation, every adversity that you find yourself in, whether it was your fault or not your fault, what it is is an opportunity for the goodness of God to be revealed to you. In other words, if you will look to God in that situation, God will manifest his goodness in that situation for you. If you will simply just cry out to God in that situation, he will show you how awesomely good he is. Because that's what he wants to do. So in, God wants to use that opportunity to show up and show forth in your life. God wants to show his goodness to you through that situation. Hallelujah. So, what a word. We are, we are totally grateful to God for just bringing enlightenment to us. We are being set free. God is setting us free from the lies that we have believed, lies we have inherited from our parents, lies that has come all the way from Adam and is being gone from generation to generation. And that is what is stopping us from enjoying and manifesting the things that the Father has for us. These lies are coming down. I speak in your life today. These lies are coming down. They are getting off your life in the name of Jesus. Your life will manifest the goodness of God. The goodness of God will flow through you even as these lies are completely deconstructed. Uh, we are on for some very, very good things. I'm going to continue this thought tomorrow. I'm going to be unpacking this even further and deeper tomorrow by the grace of God. I want you to stay with me. Tonight, God is doing a good work. I want you, as you log off from, from the live stream, I want you to ponder on what you have received and pray and say, Lord, I receive revelation. I receive understanding that deconstructs these lies that are stopping the flow of your goodness in my life, in my finances, in my marriage, in my health, you know, in my relationships, in my work. In every area of my life, my life will showcase the goodness of God. God bless you. Thank you for hanging with me tonight. Until I see you tomorrow, as we continue this revelation, I'm going to go to part two of this message. Lies block the flow of the goodness of God. I'm going to part two tomorrow as we engage episode number 85. Good night. 
and God bless you. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.